This is WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. Right now, that time, 819. You're tuned to the Action Line on this Friday morning. And just a reminder, there is a career fair happening today throughout the day between 9 a.m. and 1 o'clock. And that is in front of the Murfreesboro City Hall on the Civic Plaza. Again, that career fair is going on today between 9 a.m. and 1 o'clock. And now our guest this morning on the WGNS Action Line, Dr. Amy Owen, a psychologist who helps veterans in Middle Tennessee. And Dr. Owen is with the VA Tennessee Valley Healthcare System. Dr. Owen, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I guess first, start off talking a little bit about what got you involved in this line of work of psychology and what led you to the VA to help out veterans. That's a great question. I think initially um, I have some family members uh, who served in the military um, and have served in, in combat deployments. And I've seen growing up the impact of uh, trauma on on folks' personal lives, uh, but then more specifically, when I was in graduate school, um, I was working with uh, in some training um, experiences working with people in the community with PTSD, um, and and frankly felt pretty helpless about what to do to um, help them, and so I was lucky enough to to get a training experience at a VA, and that changed everything for me. Um, I was able to learn about a treatment called prolonged exposure and start working with veterans using that treatment and um, just seeing how quickly they started to recover from using that specific treatment um, really sort of paved the path for me in my career and what I wanted to do. And um, I've, I've stayed with the VA because the VA is so helpful um, and supporting therapists and getting trained in the types of treatments that are effective in reducing PTSD symptoms. And I'm sure others out there listening who may not be veterans, they can also relate to today's show because PTSD can be caused by a number of reasons. You don't have to just be a veteran to go through PTSD, but I'm, I'm curious with those you work with, when talking about PTSD, how does it present itself? In other words, what can loved ones look out for in their family members if maybe they did go through something traumatic and, you know, family members are wondering, hey, are they okay? Yeah, you know, anyone who experiences a traumatic event will be affected by it. And they'll be different, feeling different in the immediate aftermath of that event. So they may be more anxious, more on edge, uh, they may have trouble sleeping, they might just be thinking about that experience nonstop, maybe having bad dreams about it. Uh, But that is not PTSD, that is a natural response to experiencing something awful. Uh, But typically those types of problems and symptoms will gradually start to go away. Um, When they don't go away and they seem to be getting worse, that is when folks might start to kind of think, okay, this might be PTSD because it's getting, it's maintaining or it's getting worse instead of not better. 
you know, and the, what we know is folks who are able to experience their thoughts and emotions about what they've been through, who've been able to talk with people they trust about the experiences, as well as get back out in the world and face situations they might rather avoid, those folks tend to recover on their own. In contrast, folks who use avoidance as their primary way of coping are more likely to develop PTSD and sadly maintain PTSD perhaps over a lifetime. It's hard to imagine living with something that literally torments you day in and day out for the rest of your life. On the flip side, there is help available. Talk a little bit about that help and how it can literally change your life in a major way. Absolutely. Uh, There are several what we call evidence-based psychotherapies for PTSD, um, and I could talk about those all day, um, and that's what we offer here in our clinic with our PTSD clinical team. What we know is that these therapies are the most effective treatment for PTSD. I guess I'm wondering, would it be helpful for me to talk more specifically about those treatments, Scott? What are specifically some of those treatments that folks will find themselves in once they found the right help? Yeah, so uh, there's three primary treatments that research studies have shown to be the most effective in, in significantly reducing PTSD symptoms. And those therapies are called prolonged exposure, or PE, cognitive processing therapy, or CPT, and eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, or EMDR. These are things that psychologists use as tools to help folks going through PTSD and struggles like that. But these are also tools that are used in the medical field across the nation. But here locally at the VA, what has seemed to be the best tool in helping veterans? Or have you found one that works best with everyone? Or is everybody different? We like to tell people that these treatments are different vehicles to the same destination. It's really just about choosing the one that you're the most comfortable with. Um, They're all equally effective. The most important thing when engaging in one of these treatments is to be consistent, to attend all of the sessions. If there are homework assignments, to complete them consistently Uh, Because what we know is there's two things that will maintain PTSD and make it worse. Those two things are avoidance and unhelpful thoughts and beliefs. And those types of beliefs are things like blaming oneself for the trauma, um, viewing oneself as bad or permanently damaged, uh, believing other people can't be trusted, uh, and viewing the world as completely dangerous, or some variation of those types of beliefs. And so those tend to be beliefs that folks are thinking over and over and over again. And so they're, they become really hardwired. And so when folks are engaging in these treatments, it takes, a, it takes effort and it takes being a little bit outside of your comfort zone to face the trauma directly in the therapy and start to challenge some of those beliefs. So that's why uh, we just implore folks to, uh, when they're ready, you know, please come in, please get treatment, Uh, and when you get started, talk with your therapist about any concerns you might have so that they can support you 
to be uh, consistent, to set you up for success in engaging in these therapies. You know, you often hear people say, well, I'm worried about going to, to get that help because I don't want to relive whatever that tra- whatever the traumatic event was that led to the PTSD. And, and then you also hear spouses often say things like, well, I've encouraged my husband or my wife to go get help. But at the same time, I'm not really pushing them that hard to get that help because I am afraid they're going to relive it and then it's going to make it worse. What would you say to things like that? Great question. We hear that so often. And, you know, before I answer that question, I'll just say that it is normal for anyone seeking PTSD treatment to have mixed feelings about doing so. In our biz, we call that ambivalence. So part of them would really like to be better and and get rid of these symptoms. But then another part of them would just really rather not face those trauma memories, not deal with it, to just push it away and try to ignore it. Uh, So that is a very real concern. But what we try to help folks understand when they come in for treatment is they are already reliving and revisiting that traumatic experience day in and day out. You know, it's always, it's coming up unconsciously when they're awake and it's coming up unconsciously when they're sleeping. So it's always there. So the treatment isn't adding anything bad or new. These are, the experience is, the experience is over, but it's still with the person. And we find that if we address it directly, it helps the brain and the body to process the memory. And once the memory is processed, it stops coming up unconsciously. So it kind of turns into other long-term memories where you can go back and you can think about something. You might know that it was something that really had a big impact on you, uh, but it's not going to be coming up and disrupting um, your days and your nights. You just gave the best answer I've, I've ever heard in the most simple of ways, and that is for anyone out there worried about their family member having to re-experience that trauma over and over again and then having to talk about it. Your response was, well, they're already doing that. They're already reliving whatever it was, whatever event that occurred over and over again in their mind. But you're going to be tackling it with them in a healthy way. Exactly. And like I said earlier, you know, um, there's a natural recovery process. And for most people who have PTSD, that natural recovery process was disrupted in some way. And, they, you know, for the combat veteran, you know, they were in the middle of a war zone. They had to continue a mission. Um, they couldn't show weakness, perhaps, because they were in a leadership position. Or somebody who experienced another type of event. Maybe they were in a car accident and they had to focus on their physical recovery. Or you find we interact with a lot of folks who have experienced sexual violence. Um, and they maybe felt really ashamed to talk about it, or it was minimized when they did. And we find that those types of experiences after the trauma prevent people from being able to emotionally process what happened. So that recovery process gets put on pause, right? And so then we get the cycle of PTSD symptoms that start. When people come into treatment, we're essentially unpressing the pause button on that natural recovery process. And we, we support folks in a safe therapeutic environment to process their thoughts and feelings about those memories. We find that when we do that, the symptoms start to come down. I've talked to different veterans who have been to obviously other countries where there were war zones, places just around Syria, for example. And one of them told me, they said, the amount of violence and bloodshed that we saw, that I saw firsthand, the psychologists in America, they're not equipped for that level of traumatic events, and they're not able to help me cope with what I saw and what I relive, but that's not true. 
Exactly. Yeah, it's it's not true. And, you know, they have a point that we have not experienced those events. We'll never truly know what they're like in the way that those veterans do. However, we know that we can create um, an environment and we can set them up with the tools to start to process that. You know, and if you think about it, Scott, you know, we're working with veterans um, who've had trauma across their lifespan, and we haven't experienced all of those different things, uh, but we have the tools to help them to process those events. Now, those who are veterans who did go to a war zone, who did see things that literally you cannot unsee, their problems are then compounded when they return to America when they return to their family and once they start some type of counseling all of a sudden you uncover well XYZ occurred to this person in the past when they were 10 years old I, I sometimes you, you quickly realize that a lot of people haven't experienced just one traumatic event they've experienced multiple traumatic events that may still be coming up in their life without them even realizing it's having an impact on their life today Absolutely. And we refer to that as complex trauma, where an individual's experienced multiple types of trauma across the lifespan. You know, I think a common um, presentation we see is maybe somebody who's experienced childhood abuse or violence. Um, and, and in order to get out of that um, environment, they may have joined the military. And then um, in the military, they may have experienced different types of trauma, whether combat or otherwise. Uh, so that is actually, I would say, uh, it is very odd for us to uh, encounter veterans who've only had one traumatic experience. Again, this morning we're talking with Dr. Amy Owen, a psychologist who helps veterans right here in Middle Tennessee, and she is with the VA Tennessee Valley Healthcare System. And uh, folks, uh, we've, we've had a few text messages from listeners asking questions. We'll get to those in just a few minutes. And our number, by the way, 615-893-1450, if you did have a specific question for Dr. Owen. But I, I'm curious, when you hear, you know, PTSD, people hear that tossed around all the time. But when you hear it, should we... I, I don't know, is it said in the right context or is it PTSD, is it used in the right context or do people usually, you know, misplace it and it, it shouldn't be labeled PTSD or sometimes maybe it should? If I'm understanding you correctly, I think what you're getting at is sort of like, what is the definition of PTSD? And so the we go by the diagnostic criteria of the diagnostic and statistics statistical manual, the DSM-5, um, and in that manual, the, the definition of what a traumatic event is, it's an event that involves death, serious injury, or sexual violence. It's something that you could experience directly, you could witness it happening to somebody else, you might learn about it happening to somebody close to you, like your child, or it could just be the constant threat of that happening. Um, so like living in an abusive um, home or being in a combat zone where there's constant mortar and rocket attacks, for example. Um, I think sometimes in our uh, society we will interchange trauma with very stressful experiences, like going through a divorce or a job loss, and those are legitimately very stressful, distressing situations. 
but we're careful in our work to to distinguish trauma from those very stressful life events because trauma seems to result in this constellation of symptoms of PTSD um, that is not the same as what those other very stressful life events uh, look like. Now, for those who have experienced, let's say, some type of domestic violence when they were younger in their household, maybe child abuse of some kind, maybe sex abuse, and then when you look at soldiers who go through different very traumatic events in war zones, even though those are two totally different types of potential PTSD problems, does it look the same on the outside for the person experiencing that post-traumatic stress? It can. I would say it looks very similar. And Scott, there are 20 different symptoms of PTSD, and they're split into four categories. Um, and when we're assessing PTSD, we look for to see if people have a certain number of those symptoms in each category. I think I would say it looks similar, um, but everybody it might present a little bit differently in other in different people. So some people may uh, have more nightmares. Some people may struggle more with constantly being on guard. Some people may struggle more with being really numbed out. So it doesn't always look the same person to person. And so that's why I think it's, you know, if you're unsure, it's really important to see a mental health professional that can help you tease out those details and differentiate if this is PTSD or something else. Again, this morning, Dr. Amy Owen, a psychologist on the air with us with the VA Tennessee Valley Healthcare System. And we're going to take a short break and we will come back in just a few minutes. We've got a, quite a few more questions to ask you this morning. So we'll get to those in just a minute. Again, you're listening to WGNS on this Friday morning. Time right now, 838. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City and our hand-fed baby bird nursery is starting to fill up. If you are looking for your next sweet feathered companion, come in and see us. Find your next pre-loved, pre-spoiled pet here at Animal City. Be sure to check out our downstairs level. Here at Animal City, we would like to thank Murfreesboro for letting us be your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. Animal City is located at 919 Northwest Broad Street. At Rutherford County Christian School, they believe every child is a gift from God with a mission to partner with Christian families to raise up children to love and serve the Lord. Their small traditional classrooms and faith-based Abeka curriculum build character and a lifelong love for learning. They're now enrolling students K-5 through 2nd grade at Rutherford County Christian School in Smyrna. Learn more at rcbaptistchurch.org or call 615-355-9710. We're talking with Pat Wingo at Adams Place. Adams Place makes fun, and there's as much to do as you want to do. When I leave my room about 10 a.m., I don't get back sometimes till midnight. <laughs> I'm a night owl. Well, I like to have fun with my friends. Yes, I do. Where is the fun? Oh, hands down, I'd say Adams Place. Hi, this is Terry Deal at Adams Place. Call me for more information about Adams Place. 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Talking with customers of Jeff's family-friendly restaurant on Hancock Street about why they keep coming back. It is excellent. Very good food. It's kind of like eating at home. Real nice folks here. So good. So much food at Jeff's, you'll have a hard time cleaning your plate. Food is great. Oh, this is great food. Give you an ample amount. They season it well and give you enough that you don't have to worry about going away hungry. Come hungry to Jeff's family-friendly restaurant on Hancock Street. This is great. I love it. Really good. Glad I came today. Jeff's family-friendly restaurant on Hancock Street. 
The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Well, we are broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Middle Tennessee Electric, serving to make life better since 1936. Just a reminder, the city of Murfreesboro is hosting a large career fair today. It's between 9 a.m. and 1 o'clock on the Murfreesboro Civic Plaza in front of the City Hall. That's at the intersection of Vine and South Church. Over 40 employers will be on site again between 9 and 1 o'clock today. And then coming up throughout this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, the Great Tennessee Air Show in Smyrna. Again, that's this Saturday and Sunday between 8 a.m. and 4.30 at the Smyrna-Rutherford County Airport. Our guest this morning on the Action Line is Dr. Amy Owen, a psychologist at the VA Tennessee Valley Healthcare System. And this morning we're talking about PTSD and some of the signs, symptoms, and issues that go along with PTSD. And uh, Dr. Owen, speaking of issues that go along with PTSD, we got a text this morning and they said that their brother suffers through anxiety and depression and it has been ongoing and uh, he recently got out of the service and they were wondering could this be PTSD and our anxiety and depression common symptoms that go along with PTSD? Great question. Uh, the short answer is yes. Um, when it comes to the anxiety, it could be part of the PTSD uh, or it could be a, a different type of anxiety disorder. Depression often occurs alongside PTSD. Um, I like to call them salt and pepper because they typically go together. Um, because when we think about the cycle of PTSD symptoms, you know, folks are constantly getting reminded or having intrusive thoughts about the trauma experiences. And so it activates this, this fight, flight, or freeze response. It's just going on chronically for folks. Um, and so, you know, we can tolerate that if it's, you know, happening once in a while. But when it's going on all the time, it really drains the batteries. And so folks get very fatigued. Um, and, when, and, and PTSD often makes it very, very difficult to sleep. And if we're not getting adequate sleep, um, that will drain our batteries too, of course. And so um, those types of issues will uh, kind of set the stage for depression. You know, whether, you know, depression runs in someone's family, you know, it's going to make it more easy, easy for the depression to onset. Um, but I think it's really anybody with PTSD is at risk for depression as well. I read somewhere a couple of years back that fight or flight response that your body naturally has to any sign of danger. Well, the feeling that comes right after that, that feeling as if you just ran a marathon, you're completely worn out because your adrenaline was pumped up and you were ready to fight whatever it was that was in front of you. But that feeling that comes afterwards, tired, worn out, that complete fatigue, is that something that those who have PTSD sometimes feel ongoing, that complete exhaustion? Uh, we like to, to describe it as feeling tired but wired, where they are very fatigued from constantly being on guard and not sleeping well. But then that is coupled with uh, the what we call the hyperarousal symptoms, so always being on guard, being startled easily, kind of being more irritable. So it's sort of this combination of being very fatigued but also being on alert and having anxiety at the same time. That's one of those symptoms, I guess, that goes along with PTSD that would be very uncomfortable 
I mean, I would have to get help if I continuously felt that. Absolutely. And that is why we encourage people to come in for treatment. You know, and, and the treat, you know, these symptoms can go on for a lifetime. But these treatments that we offer can help folks to get significantly better in three to four months. Um, and we actually even have a new level of care where folks can do these treatments in a more condensed format and they can uh, they meet uh, three times a week and have some other support around doing these treatments and they're only in treatment for about a month. You know, and it, it does take commitment and, you know, for some folks they may need to take time off work to do what we call our intensive outpatient track. Uh, but you know, it's, it's a small sacrifice to pay to feel much, much better in the long run. You know, Scott, and I also want to let listeners know that these treatments can be delivered virtually or in person. Folks have the option of they can come in and meet with a provider, uh, but they can also do these treatments from their home. For those who do have a number of reasons to have PTSD because of childhood events, then add to that because of events that they saw while in the military. Do those cases take a lot longer to treat? I mean, are you talking about a, a lifetime of issues and a lifetime of dealing with this, even if you get help? No, it is not a lifetime of therapy. It doesn't take necessarily much more treatment for folks who've experienced multiple traumas versus one. Um, more often than not, we focus on whatever event bothers that person the most. And you have to think, you know, some folks may have experienced trauma at different points in their life, but they may have recovered from those experiences. Maybe it's colored the way that they um, interpreted or experienced the different trauma. Um, so that's why we individualize the care to figure out, okay, what trauma memories are really driving the symptoms? And we start with the one that is, you know, subjectively the worst one for the, for the individual. And when we do that, the benefits tend to generalize to the other trauma memories. So you don't have to just, you know, go step by step and address each one one at a time. We find that once, you know, we start this recovery process, folks learn new skills and they are able to generalize those to the other experiences. Again, Dr. Amy Owen with us this morning, and, and I'm guessing some of the skills that people learn if they don't seek the proper help are, are not the right skills to learn. In other words, some folks out there may self-medicate, and they may not even realize why they're self-medicating with alcohol, with drugs. They just constantly have that feeling that I've got to slow my mind down. But they may not know the root of the reason as to why until they actually start getting that help. Right. And we chalk most of that up to some form of PTSD-related avoidance. And so that, you know, there's two types of avoidance in PTSD, so internally think inside your skin, avoiding thoughts and emotions about trauma memories, and then external, so outside your skin, avoiding reminders, certain situations, certain places, certain activities, like driving is a big one that could be avoided, or public places. Um, and, and it's typically avoiding things out in the world that have feel much more dangerous since the trauma um, happened, and, and folks are usually avoiding them due to excessive fear. Uh, and, and as I said earlier, folks who use that avoidance as their primary way of coping are more likely to develop PTSD and they maintain those symptoms over the long haul because they're not dealing with the memories um, 
efficiently and and they continue to avoid 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 and over time their world gets much just continues to get smaller and smaller and they become very isolated and they're essentially robbing themselves of the opportunity to learn that they can handle certain things or certain situations maybe aren't quite as dangerous as as they may have thought that they were now the symptoms that go along with PTSD, I, I know you even said they could be varied from one person to another, but but the feelings that go along with it, such as that feeling of being tired, that fatigue, or maybe a, a, a constant stomach ache, or just some little ache that you get that you can't pinpoint. And if you don't realize yourself that you're going through PTSD, it may send you from doctor to doctor trying to figure out or get a diagnosis of whatever could be going on because you've convinced yourself that it could be anything from cancer to the stomach bug. How hard is it for somebody to actually find the right help? Are doctors in general asking the right questions to their patients? I think that they're getting a lot better. I think that primary care um, is it has come a long way in terms of understanding the impact of PTSD on, on not just on the brain but on the body. You know, we we know that it will. Um, I, I like to say that PTSD will exacerbate um, underlying health issues. So, um, you know, it's, you think about like if you're dealing with that chronic fatigue and tension, it's going to result in issues like you know, it's going to increase your blood pressure. Um, you might result in more like upset stomach, like gastrointestinal types of issues. We have a lot of. Uh, veterans with chronic pain just due to the wear and tear that they or injuries they experience in the military. Um, and then the, the, just that fatigue and tension from the PTSD exacerbates that chronic pain. Headaches, things like that are really common. Um, so I, I know our primary care providers here at the VA are really tuned in um, to, to recognizing those types of issues. Um, and, and helping to facilitate um, referrals to mental health um, for PTSD treatment. You know, I, I think it's tough, especially for men, to finally say, all right, well, no doctor yet ha- has told me that I've got, you know, XYZ. I don't have cancer. I don't have stomach ulcers. I don't have this or that. It's hard for them to finally admit it could be because of what I saw. It could be because of what I experienced. It, it's hard for men to say that. It's hard to say, I've got PTSD. You know, and I think you're getting at some of the stigma around PTSD, maybe mental health in general. And I, I'll say, you know, since I work with veterans primarily, um, some of the common themes that we see for folks is, you know, concerns about being seen as weak um, or crazy, Um you know, and I think our biggest thing we want to say that is, you know, PTSD can happen to anybody. It's not, it's not because of something internally that's wrong with you. It's that you've had an abnormal experience. So we will, oftentimes you'll hear the phrase, a normal response to an abnormal experience. And I'll also say for, for our uh, female veterans, they experience that stigma twofold, which I seems to come a lot from sort of or already being viewed as weaker, um, the weaker sex in the military and having to really um, work hard to appear strong and overcome that bias. Um, and so we see our female veterans really struggling with that just as much, if not more so sometimes than, than um, our male veterans. If anybody out there is listening and uh, they are a veteran and 
they do decide to get help. Do you see their family members also needing help after experiencing some of the problems they saw dad go through or mom go through? We are not typically working directly with folks' family members unless we're doing, um, we have a few options where we uh, might involve like a spouse to do some couples-based work. Uh, But family members are definitely um, impacted Um, And in fact, we have, um, within our clinic, we offer a group to educate uh, family members just just to kind of get them up to speed on what exactly PTSD, what it looks like, you know, some of the things I talked about today about how the things that make it worse, and then helping them to understand, like, what these treatments that we deliver involve, so they kind of know what what their loved one is going to expect. And typically what veterans are reporting after they complete the treatments is they're better able to go out and do things with their families. They don't feel as emotionally numb or on guard all the time, so they feel more emotionally connected to their spouses, their parents, their children, for example. I didn't even ask, how hard is it on an entire family whenever whenever someone is going through PTSD? If that person's not getting help, how hard is it on that family? It can be very challenging, you know. Um, we hear reports of, you know, uh, you know, the, the veteran has become so isolated. They don't really do much. That they become very dependent on their family members to do many things for them. You know, it can result in, you know, um, individual PTSD missing out on important life events for their children. If it's hard to go to ball games or graduations, um, weddings. Um, so they, they can end up feeling very disconnected, you know, and they, you know, and that can create sadness, resentment, um, conflict in relationships that just, you know, because you need that um, emotional closeness in a relationship um, of any kind. And, and PTSD can really chip away at that and take a toll on a relationship. Have you got a, a rough ballpark number of how many veterans experience PTSD? And, and by any chance, do you know about how many here in Tennessee are having issues with PTSD? You know, I guess when you think of the general population, it's about 8% of the population develops PTSD in their lifetime. And I'm, I might be a little off, but I think that I know the percentage is higher with veterans. Um, I want to say it's closer to like 12%. Um, currently at TBHS, we have over 16,000 patients with a PTSD diagnosis. Um, just within our outpatient mental health, it's over 9,000. Um, you know, and we see different rates among uh, different um, eras. So, like, you know, the Vietnam era is closer to um, 30% um, in their lifetime. Uh, Gulf War veterans is around 12%. Um, and then it's, the estimates are between 11 and 20% for folks who have served in Iraq or the Afghanistan wars. When it comes to the Vietnam War, are you seeing some, you know, who, who served during Vietnam, are you seeing some come in for the very first time, even though they may be, you know, 65 plus years of age now? Yes, we are. That would be a long time to live with the struggles that go along with PTSD. I can't, I can't imagine that. I, it's hard to wrap my head around a lot of this stuff. Yeah, those folks have, um, they have been through hell. Um, but, you know, the good news is those folks can recover also. We have worked with Vietnam veterans who have seen significant reductions in their symptoms. Some of those Vietnam veterans who, who decide to seek help at age 60, 65, sometimes even 70, 
Do they tell you, you know, I've lived a lifetime of, of broken relationships and divorces and so forth? We do. We hear that. We also hear veteran, Vietnam veterans who've had long, long marriages and um, have families. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, variability or diversity, I guess you would say. So, uh, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're experiencing similar types of problems, just like anybody else with PTSD would, whether it's just dealing with the symptoms or other issues that may go along with that, like um, problems with addiction or employment. Um, relationship problems, health problems, financial problems. And I know we only have like a minute left, but if anybody listening is a veteran or if they have a loved one who's a veteran and they think that loved one needs help, how can a veteran go about starting treatment and, and getting on the right path? If they are not enrolled in the VA, the first step would be to uh, contact our eligibility office. And I do have the number for that. It's 615 615- If veterans are already plugged into our system, they can talk. uh, The first step would be to talk with their primary care provider um, who can get them routed towards our outpatient mental health. And then once they're in, uh, and if they're already in our outpatient mental health system, they can simply talk with their medication or their therapy provider about their concerns about PTSD, um, and those providers will facilitate referrals to um, our clinic or, or, or even other providers within our system who are trained in our evidence-based treatments for PTSD. And again, our guest today, Dr. Amy Owen, a psychologist who helps veterans in Middle Tennessee, and she is with the VA Tennessee Valley Healthcare System. And we will also post the podcast of this show on our website in just a few minutes. But Dr. Owen, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me.